Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I've been away for a little while and many people, many people, at least two people have said, where'd you go? Well, I said I might take a day or two off. I ended up taking a couple more days. It was delicious, the lovely, delectable and wonderful. But since I went, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I got the new Model 3. Yeah, that's right. And actually for the patrons, for the patrons, I sent out a little video about it. But I want to tell you all what's the haps. So I got myself a new Model 3. It's on a three-year lease. 10,000 miles, the payment is significantly less than the Model S, about half of what the Model S was. And a lot of people have asked, two of them, a lot of people have asked, uh, why did you get a Model 3 as a replacement for the Model S? So to understand that, and I think I may have talked about this maybe a hundred times, but I'll say it again. I bought my first Model S about four years ago. I think it was about four or five years ago because I'd had a Leaf. The lease was up on the Leaf and I was really tortured about what to get next. I wanted a longer range EV, but there wasn't much out there and Teslas were so expensive and the Model S was really the only thing available. But eventually I bit the bullet and I bought a Model S, the most expensive car I've ever had by a factor of probably four, maybe three because the Leaf was fairly expensive, but I was a Honda Civic guy. And I don't really care about luxury cars. I'm not a luxury car guy. I grew up in the country, you know, just a farm boy. But I did want that long range. So I got an S. And then what happened is about, I can't remember now, a year or two later, then they came out with like all the hardware for full self-driving is here. And I freaked out. And so I took that old S and I traded it in and I got a brand new S with hardware 2.0 with the belief that maybe very soon I would see full self-driving. So I had that car for three years and I paid for the full self-driving, but I never got any of the full self-driving because it didn't happen in that three-year time frame. So I say all that because that's a lesson in Elon time. In Elon time, you know, you should buy this car because it's got all the stuff you need for full self-driving. I paid the extra, I can't remember now, it was three grand, something like that. Maybe even more. That thing was all over the place with the pricing. And I never saw any of that. But in the meantime, the Model 3 came out and I got rid of another car and I got a Model 3, first generation rear wheel drive, and it's a great car. And in fact, I fell in love more with the Model 3 than the Model S. Now, I didn't get to drive the Model 3 a lot because it was being driven by other people, but whenever I hop in that car and drive around, I like it more than the Model S. And the reason I like it more than the Model S is because you sit further forward in the cab and it slopes down more, so you get this really great, you know, vision out of the front of the car. It's also a lot smaller. I find it easier to park. I find it easy to drive. In the four or so years that I had a Model S, I could just never get used to the width of that car. Model 3, no problem. I also am basically driving by myself most of the time, so I don't need a big car. I got my golf clubs, and then I'll carry some other stuff around, but I don't need a big car. So for those reasons, Model 3 was winning. Add a couple more things to the mix. The next thing to the mix is... The Model 3 is a significantly more efficient car. So for every you know kilowatt hour you put in there, you get a lot more range out of the car. And that's kind of substantial, particularly here in the winter where my solar system can't quite keep up with what I need. Having a car that's even more efficient, needing less kilowatt hours is much better for me. So I like that in the summer, the, because of the orientation of my house, because of shading issues, in the summer I've got so much solar energy, I don't know what to do with them. Like, friends and family, come on over and charge up because I've got so much... But in the winter, being as efficient as possible to try and get to that, you know, magic 100% solar energy for the entire year is what I'm trying to get to. So another good reason to get the car that I really need, which is a Model 3. I don't really need the bigger Model S. 
So it costs less. I like the visualizations at the front. It's more efficient and I don't need the bigger car. So it's all working, right? The one thing, the one thing I don't like about the Model 3 compared to the Model S is the air suspension. Air suspension is a really smooth ride in the Model S, super smooth. In the Model 3, it's coil suspension and you feel the road much more. And I've said this on the video to the patrons and uh, in the past, that some people love that. They absolutely prefer that because they're drivers and they want to feel the road. And uh, coil suspension to them is like much more realistic than air suspension. But I like air suspension because I'm not whipping around corners and trying to pretend I'm a race car driver because I'm not. I would like a smoother ride in the Model 3, but still, it's a nice ride. It's plenty fine. So that wasn't, you know, a big deal for me. One day, Elon said, we will get air suspension in Model 3, but that day ain't today. So I got the red with the white interior, and I just think it looks so beautiful with that white interior. There's a couple of things that are a problem, you know, in just behind the wheel, the steering wheel. There's sort of white area. And it's a bit bit of a glare there, so I'm looking at different things, maybe from RPM, Tesla, and other places to maybe put something dark there instead. That's the only thing I don't like about that white trim. And now, the full self-driving stuff. So, because it's hardware 3.0, because it's the latest one, and it might even be 3.1 or 3.2, who knows if they put a little bit newer stuff in. So, this thing is, like, brand new. It got made a few weeks ago. You can do this full self-driving, what are they calling it? Full self-driving preview. And what that means is that they're showing you a lot more of the visualizations that the software and the hardware can handle. So I was driving it around for a few days. And if you're getting a new Model 3 recently, I can't believe I keep doing this kind of stupid stuff. I'm driving around like, this thing isn't seeing stop signs. This thing isn't seeing stop lights. This is crap. And then it turns out you actually have to go and turn that stuff on. It's off by default. So if you want to see those visualizations, then you have to go into driving an autopilot and you have to click on the buttons to show that stuff. I'm not sure why. I don't think there's a downside to showing it. But when I turned it on and then I went for another drive, it's like, holy smoke. It's seeing the stop sign. It's seeing the bins, the trash bins. It's seeing all the yellow cones. It sometimes gets confused about what's a little cone and what's a fire hydrant. But that's fine. It's seeing them. And it's seeing the stoplights change color from red to orange to green. It's pretty amazing. And when you see that, you're like, okay. I've been really thinking like full self-driving is so far away. But when they show you that, you're like, I can see where we're going here. There's a lot going under the hood that they weren't showing us before. And with this, you know, new hardware that they have in here, this chip that's 20 times faster than hardware 2.5, I'm starting to become a believer. So we're going to spend some more time talking about that. We might do a big show, a large show, a grand show in the next couple of days with at least Tom, maybe Robert, although Robert's doing a lot of shifts right now, so he may not be able to join us, but we'll talk more about that. And Tom and I will go for a little ridey ride. We'll probably shoot a few little video videos, throw them up there for the patrons. But then I had another sort of, wow, Tesla, you make some bizarre decisions. So I've got a gate and I've got Homelink so that the gate will automatically open when the car comes uh, close and it'll close when I leave. And it's kind of cool or you can just do it manually on the, on the dash there. So I go to set it up in the new Model 3. This is a new Model 3, right? This is a $55,000 car, right? And I'm like, where's Homelink? Where's Homelink? And I couldn't find it. I'm going through the manual and I can't find it. I'm freaking out. So then I do a Google search, and of course, Electric has an article there about how they don't have Homelink in the latest Model 3s. And I'm like, what the hell? Homelink, this little radio transmitter costs nothing. This is a $55,000 car. This is an expensive car. And they took out Homelink. If you want it, you have to pay an extra $300 to have it installed. That is really a effing annoying. Why would you do that? This is a 
I'm not going to say, you know, it's the most expensive car out there, but this is still at the configuration that I got, you know, long range, I got the premium interior. This is a $55,000 car and they skimped on probably what is a $9 piece of hardware. I don't get those kind of decisions. Yes, maybe there's a lot of people that don't use it, but for those that do, to make them have to not only pay $300, which is a little bit outrageous, but also to have to take the car in or maybe just have somebody come and put it in for you. But still, it's a bit annoying. Tesla, are you listening? Is this thing on? What are you doing? That makes me crazy. And it drives certain members of my family crazy that there's no fob with that car because the other cars had fobs and fobs are cool. Now, I actually don't mind that because I actually find the card works pretty well, but I find the phone works spectacularly well with Bluetooth and I'd prefer not to have another bulky thing in my pocket. But again, there should be, I think, the option when you go to buy a car like this that is pretty expensive. If you want a fob, you can have a fob. If you want the card, you can have the card. If you want both, you pay a bit extra, something like that. That, just those little things, it's amazing. Just those little things which really are not that important and since you've, you know, can afford a car that's that expensive, you can afford $300 to get a home Lincoln if you really want it. But it just, it leaves that little bit of a bitter taste in one's mouth. Like, come on. Uh, for the amount of money that uh, you're paying on this thing, just put in those little extra things that it's going to make nothing, no difference to their ultimate bottom line, but makes the experience a little bit, just a tiny bit more delightful. Or at least... In the opposite, it makes you a little bit pissed off. Sorry about the rant. Oh, look, I hope you're having a great New Year's sort of Perry time, as it was, the area around the New Year's, and that you're safe and that well. And we're, we're back. We're back. Talking to back part of the Talking Tesla network of shows. Elon Dale here. And this year, my commitment is to do a lot more videos and stuff for the patrons because the patrons and the little bit of cash that they can give us every month has been really helpful for the production of the show. So I want to show ongoing love. And if you'd like to be a patron, I'd like to show you more love as well. My name's Mel Hubbard. The show, the show is Talking Tesla. Uh, this part is Elon Dalek. But can I just back up a bit because I feel like I've been a bit of whiny, you know, first world problems. Absolutely. Love Tesla. Love what they're doing. This car is spectacular. I got the dual motor. Let me tell you why I got the dual motor. Because the rear wheel single motor is fine. It's great. It's super zippy. I don't need anything more than that. But since the dual motor now gets, you know, over 200, 320 miles range, I thought, well, I really like lots of range, so I'll get that puppy. Only difference I've noticed between the rear wheel dual motor is that if you're doing like 60 miles an hour in just the rear wheel motor and you punch it because you've got to go around somebody, it's got nice acceleration to do that. But if you do that in the dual motor and you punch it when you're at 60 miles an hour, You've got a tremendous amount of torque, even at that speed. So that's where I'm really noticing. Not necessarily the zero to 60, because it's plenty fast enough. Rear wheel, dual motor, uh, it's plenty fast enough. But that torque at the higher speed, I've really noticed a difference, and that's kind of nice. And no, I'm not spending the $2,000 that you now can spend to go from zero to 60 from 4.4 seconds to 3.9, which is now an option on the all-wheel version of the three. Give us two grand, you can accelerate significantly faster. It's plenty fast enough for me. The show, Elon, talk to tomorrow. Let's talk tomorrow.